just because you failed five times in a row at something, it does not mean that you're going to continue to do so. Like past events do not impact future probabilities. Past events do not impact the future probabilities of you finding success. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today we're talking about cognitive biases. What is a cognitive bias? Well, let me use a metaphor. So right now I am preparing for an interview with Robert O'Neill. He's a retired Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden. He's the guy who shot Osama bin Laden. His co-author is Dakota Meyer. He is a recipient of the Medal of Honor, which is the nation's highest military award for valor. And uh, Dakota Meyer is a Marine. So these guys co-authored this book and it's an amazing book. And uh, so Robert is going to be coming on the podcast where we talk about you know, the mission where they caught and killed Osama bin Laden and, uh, and just so much more, just a, an amazing backstory. But in the book, Dakota Meyer talks about a panic attack that he had. This was caused from PTSD. I mean, these guys, the atrocities they've seen is just unspeakable. And, but he was going through a panic attack at one point and he called the, the veterans hospital, the VA hospital and the person who answered the phone, they did the default, right? They did what was easy. They said, okay, uh, sir, I understand you're going through a panic attack right now. And this guy's like curled up on the floor, just completely debilitated. And the person on the other end of the phone said, well, you have to schedule an appointment. And he's like, well, how long would that take? It's like, well, that'll take a few weeks. And after that, you will get a referral to a psychiatrist. And after that, you can get some medication. And this is like, you know, weeks, maybe months down the road that this guy who's curled up in a ball on the floor can get help. And the person on the phone, all they were doing was, you know, they were doing the default. They weren't thinking. They were just doing what was easy. They were doing it the way it's always been done because for no better reason than that's the way it's always been done. They were operating at a default. It makes things simpler for her because that VA system in the hospital is a, is a complex place. And so what's the easy thing is just say, well, you have to schedule an appointment. And then after that, you'll get a referral, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's a terrible way for this guy who, who was in desperate need of help to get help. And long story short, he didn't get help through the VA hospital. He went through some psychedelics treatment actually in Mexico. And actually, uh, Robert O'Neill talked about this a little bit, a unique therapy that he did for his PTSD as well. He's, we're going to talk about that on the episode. But so just to kind of bring that to a loop, because I don't want to leave you hanging too much, but this is what a cognitive bias is. This is kind of how our brains work, right? Our brains kind of work the same way as that receptionist who answered the phone. Our brains operate on a default right? Based on assumptions, based on this is how it's always been done. And it makes things simpler because the world is a complex place and it's helpful because it reduces effort to think that way. But it's also hurtful because we're not always making good decisions, but this is what cognitive biases are. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. I'm going to share with you seven cognitive biases that are holding you back and how you can over ride them to have a better life, to be more consistent, to achieve more goals, to find success through 
failure. Now, first, I want to share a quick review, and I'm going to be start doing this here in the future. I want to share some reviews from you, the audience, because these are really important to me, and I want to give a chance to recognize people who have left me a review. So if you want to leave a review, go ahead on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Spotify, I think, just opened up reviews, but this one is from iTunes. He said, this is an inspiring and motivating podcast life-changing podcast. I've listened to this podcast for several years. The People Gym interviews are open and honest about not only their successes, but their failures as well. Guests share how they have overcome failures in order to reach their successes. There's something to learn in each and every episode. So this is from someone with the initials SBR. SBR, I'd love to know who you are. If you want to let me know, I'll recognize you on the podcast. For you, the listener, if you haven't left a review, go ahead and do so. And I will be sharing those reviews and sharing your name and a thank you, a grateful thank you to you on the episode. So go ahead and leave your review. So let's get back to cognitive biases. I learned about a cognitive bias that I have about 10 years ago. I took an assessment called the BSA. It stands for Behavioral Strategy for Accomplishment. It's a very sophisticated assessment that a friend of mine, Dr. Tom Perrin, he's actually a business partner, he administered this assessment. Uh, he didn't create it. It was based off of sort of the same body of research that the DISC assessment, if you ever heard of that, uh, was created from. And anyway, one of the biases that I learned that I had, it wasn't directly, th this assessment doesn't tell you, hey, you have this bias. But what I learned through that was I have something called the information bias, right? What is the information bias? cognitive bias. It's a cognitive bias where you seek more information, even when it doesn't affect the action that you might take, right? And that's my default. Just like the receptionist at the VA hospital, I have a mode of operating. And unless I break out of that, I will just do what's easy and effortless and default, even if it's to my own detriment. More information is not always better. Like an example of information bias is believing that the more information that I can acquire to, I don't know, pick a diet or, or do something, oftentimes that extra information doesn't even change the decision that you make, right? So I sometimes get caught in this loop of like, I gotta read one more book, sleep on it one more night, talk to one more expert. And I used to be ready, aim, 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 aim before I fired. Now I've learned how to override that. I'm aware of that. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. This is really what I want you to get from this episode is to be aware of these cognitive biases so that you can hedge against it. So now I catch myself when I'm going into that information bias loop. I need more information. I need more information before I make my decision. I catch myself now because I'm aware of it and I pull the trigger. I say, ah, Jim, you're doing that thing again where you're trying to get more and more information just to make the decision. Pull the damn trigger. Like make the decision. So that's the takeaway is this awareness helps me hedge against it. So now I'm more apt to be ready, aim, fire, or sometimes ready, fire, aim. Now, I just, sometimes I just pull the trigger on things and it helps me experiment and learn. And, you know, Tim Ferriss, when I interviewed him back in episode 246, 247, he talked about these short duration experiments. So that's what I like to do. These short duration experiments, short duration, low cost experiments that help me pull the trigger, move forward, take action, right? So this is what a cognitive bias is. Here's a, a great definition that I found in a healthline.com article, and I have the link to this article in the action plan. So if you go to jimharsherjr.com slash action, you can get the link. But it's a great definition of cognitive bias. 
These are flaws in your thinking that can lead you to draw inaccurate conclusions. They can be harmful because they cause you to focus too much on some kinds of information while overlooking other kinds. All right. So this is a great definition, I thought, of cognitive bias. And that's from healthline.com. Now, this is true success through failure. I mean, this is the whole concept behind this podcast is learning through our failures, learning through our weaknesses, learning through our setbacks, because we're identifying these failures, these weaknesses, and we're learning from them to create the success that we want. And everybody has cognitive biases. And they're caused by our environment, our upbringing, our motivations, our emotions. They're caused by all kinds of things in our experiences in our own lives. Why? Why do we have them? Like I said earlier, they're, they're shortcuts. They help us make decisions based on prior experiences, making decision-making simple because it reduces the mental energy required to make those decisions. And these shortcuts, they're actually a name for them. They're called heuristics. So think of it this way. You know, if you were a caveman or woman and you heard rustling in the bushes, you didn't have to go through all of the different things. It could be, wow, that could be a mouse. It could be the wind. It could be a saber-toothed tiger. Huh, I wonder what that rustling in the bushes could be. No, you just like, you just took off running, right? That's the cognitive bias. It's like, I'm going to run like hell because I heard rustling in the bushes and it's late at night when the saber-toothed tigers are out hunting. And that's the cognitive bias, right? It's fear from this noise that I hear because of my experience in the past is saber-toothed tigers hide in these bushes and therefore I'm going to be afraid whenever I hear something like that. It helps me make decisions. It's a simpler, more effective way to make decisions, right? It's, it's good in a lot of ways. It's good in most ways because every time I see a round-ish red thing sitting on my kitchen table, I don't have to go through all of the options of like, gosh, I wonder what that is on the table. Is that, uh, is that a ball? Is it an apple? Is it a toy? No, I know it's an apple, you know, because I, I've had these experiences in my, my life before and I can have this mental shortcut to determine what that is, right? But our cognitive biases, they have flaws. And if you learn about those, you can learn to override them as well, right? You can learn to hedge against them. This is about the power of your mind. This is about logically overriding your default. I actually have an episode titled that. That's episode 291, Logically Override the Default. I highly recommend going back and listen to that episode immediately after this because it's about how do you logically override that default? There's some real tactical things in there as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, we'll spend the rest of this episode talking about six more of these cognitive biases. I already gave you the information bias, right? Six more of these I want you to know that you should be aware of and how to hedge against them so you can override that default and maximize your own potential to learn from your failures and, and create success. So let's talk about these. All right, number two, the second one is something that's very positive would generally have less of an impact on a person than something that is equally emotionally negative. This is called the negativity bias, right? Something that's very positive generally has a lower impact on us than something that's equally emotional but is negative. Why is that, right? Well, we talked a little bit about you know, the caveman, cavewoman scenario. But where you see this in our culture today is the news. That's why the news is always negative. Like if they just put positive stuff out there every day, we'd be like, ah, I'm not going to watch the news today. But guess why we watch it? It's negative. It's more powerful. We know that. The news knows that. That's why there's so much 
BS out there that's driving political divisions and, and negativity and, and strife in this country and, and, and everywhere. It's not just in America. It's everywhere. But like, gosh, it drives me nuts, which is why I really have limited doses of news in my life because they feed off of negativity and they breed that stuff. So what's the takeaway? Overrule your own negativity bias with logic. Like, what are you really afraid of, right? Are you afraid of maybe starting that business or asking that person out on a date or asking your boss for a raise? Hit the pause button, do a productive pause. Ask yourself, what am I really afraid of here? Ask yourself, you can't just listen to this episode and go, okay, that's good and move on to the next one. Like, actually do that when you're done. And I'm going to have these questions and, and everything here in the action plan. So I encourage you to download that. It's a PDF. You can print it out. You can just save it on your desktop and utilize this and refer to it. But that's the negativity bias. All right. So that was number two of the seven that I want to share with you. Quick interruption. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to learn how you can implement this into your life, just go to jimharshajr.com slash apply to see how you can get a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. That's jimharshajr.com slash apply. Now back to the show. The next one is, this is the tendency to pay attention to some things while simultaneously ignoring, selectively ignoring other things, right? This is called the attentional bias. Right? This is related to something called the confirmation bias, which is favoring information that conforms to your existing beliefs and discounting evidence that doesn't conform. I mean, my goodness, we're in a world right now, especially with the pandemic and, you know, vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers and, you know, right wing versus left wing. Like who's right? Who's right in all of this? Well, guess what? I don't care where you land on the spectrum you can find information to confirm that you're right. That's just the fact. And, and this, is, this is the confirmation bias. It's so hard to override this one. But again, like we see this in the news all the time and we have to pay attention and be aware of this one when we're watching the news and, and hearing something that we agree with or hearing something we disagree with, right? What about in your own life? I'm working out, Jim, and I'm, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not losing weight. Well, maybe you're not paying attention to the fact that you're constantly eating junk food after you eat that healthy lunch, <laughs> you know? Maybe you're snacking on candy all day long, but you eat a healthy lunch and you think you're supposed to be losing weight, right? Are you only paying attention to certain information, but not other information? Like, do you have this? Now that you're aware of it, what can you do to change it? All right, that's number three, number four of seven. This is a really interesting one. I'm excited to share this one with you. There's a great story behind it. I'm going to share the story with you and then the name of the cognitive bias. So the most famous example of this, this occurred in the country of Monaco at the Monte Carlo Casino in a game of roulette in August 18th of 1913. Here's what happened. The ball on the roulette wheel landed on black 26 times in a row, 26 times in a row. What's the probability of that? Well, it's actually around one in 66.6 .6 million. And gamblers lost boatloads of money on this, betting against black because they kept thinking incorrectly that the streak had to be followed by like a long streak of red. But it's not true. This is called the gambler's fallacy, which is similar to something called the logical fallacy. In this, this logical fallacy, this is the tendency to think that future probabilities can be altered by past events when in reality, they're not changed. 
So for example, if you have a coin, you flip a coin five times and it lands on tails five times in a row, you assume that the next one's going to be heads. Well, guess what? It still has a 50-50 chance of landing on heads. This is like high school statistics and probability, but it never made sense to me. And it still doesn't make sense to me, but this is the fact. This is the truth. I mean, if you really think about it, yeah, like if I take this coin, I, I flip it five times, it lands on tails. I'm assuming, like I'm going to feel like internally, yeah, it's going to land on heads the next time around, but it's still 50-50, right? So this is a, a fallacy. This is a cognitive bias that we just tend to lean on. And I like to take this one and you flip it around and think about it this way. Just because you failed five times in a row at something, it does not mean that you're going to continue to do so. Like past events do not impact future probabilities. Past events do not impact the future probabilities of you finding success. Like JK Rowling, author of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series, she failed with her first 12 publishers. What if she said, gosh, after two of them, like one or two, like, ah, oh, geez, I failed once, twice, three times. Man, I guess that's, that's just the pattern here, right? I'm just going to, you know, oh, the, those past events are going to impact my future probabilities of success. No, those, those ones, like I said, I flipped this on its head and go, no, those past events don't have anything to do with your probability of success in the future. We assume that because we fail 12 times in a row, the next one's going to be a failure too. No, it's not. Not necessarily. David Goggins, you know, he doesn't rely on past events in his life, right, to predict the future. The Patriots, the New England Patriots, they beat the Falcons in the, in the Super Bowl. I forget what Super Bowl several years ago. They were trailing 28 to 3 halfway through the third quarter before scoring 31 points to win the game in overtime, right? They didn't allow past events to predict the future. I didn't rely on this as well for myself when I think back on my wrestling career, which was riddled with failure, right? Same in business, you know, and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't allow that. Failure is part of success. It's part of your success. All right, that's the fourth one. Let's move on to the fifth one. This one is called Parkinson's Law of Triviality. Oh, you're going to be convicted by this one because I know I was. You're going to cringe. You go, oh, I do this. This is the tendency to give disproportionate weight to trivial things, projects, issues. Like an example is, you know, I have to write my resume, but let me, let me do the trivial thing first. Let me check my email first. Okay, check my email. You know what? Before I write my resume, I'm going to grab a cup of coffee, and then I'm going to get to writing my resume. You go grab the cup of coffee. Five minutes later, you come back, and you sit down, and you go, you know what? I've been away from my email for five minutes. Let me just check my email again real quick. Then I'm going to write my resume, right? Giving disproportionate weight and importance to these trivial issues. It causes procrastination, right? You ever catch yourself working on like formatting a document for, for an hour, which is the trivial thing when you actually should be like writing the document? The takeaway here is to catch yourself. You know, I have a resource for you. If you go to jimharsherjr.com slash action, get the action plan for this. You also get access to a link with all kinds of downloads. There's a one download, it's really powerful, called 18 Ways to Stay Focused at Work. It's got a bunch of really helpful tools and, and tactics in there. My clients use several of them pretty frequently that I think uh, you'll find pretty uh, uh, helpful and, and transformative here to get you out of the mode of focusing on the trivial things and, and into deep work mode. So that's number five out of seven. All right, number six, this is another one you're going to cringe and go, ooh, I think I do this, Jim. 
self-handicapping, also known as self-sabotage. This is when people avoid effort in the hopes of keeping potential failure from hurting their self-esteem. In other words, a fear of failure. Like not seeing failure as your path to success. Like what if Abraham Lincoln, what if he didn't put any effort into politics because he didn't want to hurt his self-esteem? You know, he failed his first seven shots at running for office. Gosh, you know, what if he just said, you know, I'm going to, I'm probably just not good enough at this. Imagine, imagine that. How would you feel after your first attempt in failure? Second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, your seventh. Are you going to quit? Are you going to self-sabotage yourself? You're going to avoid putting in the effort so you don't have to deal with yet another failure and setback? That is your path to success. Like, are you doing this? If so, ask yourself, what can I fail at? What are you not doing because you're afraid? Like, pause for five seconds and ask yourself that. I mean, answer that out loud. I mean, go ahead. Like, right now, hit the pause button on this episode. I'll wait and, and, and ask yourself that. What, what am I not doing because I'm afraid? What am I not doing out of fear? Go ahead. Hit the pause button. I'll wait. Did you do it? No? All right, I'm going to wait. Go ahead. I'm serious. Hit pause right now and do it. Are you back? Okay. Now, ask yourself this. What's the smallest first step toward doing that thing? What is the smallest first step that you can take? Is it sending an email, sending a text message, registering for something? What is that, what is that smallest, smallest step that you can take? When will you take that first step? Say it out loud. Like, when will you do it? By the end of the day today, go ahead and say it out loud. Will you do it before you go to bed tonight? What's the next step and when will you do it? All right, that's number six. Here's the last one. And at the end here, but after this last one, I'm going to give you a few tactics on how to actually utilize what you just learned here. The last one is this, race and gender bias. I used to say that I don't see race. I know now that that's just a, that's a silly thing to say. We all have unconscious biases, as I revealed here today. There's hundreds more of these. If you Google cognitive biases, there's so many of these out there. And I just picked out the ones that that are most relevant for you. But there's so many out there. Like in episode 251, I talk about my own racial biases and how I'm trying to do better. Like many of my guests, they're white men. I know that. I've not done a good enough job of bringing you more diversity. But I'm actively working on that. Because that's my job, to bring you a different way to look at the world, different ways that people have experienced success and failure and adversity that can inform you on how to live your life better. All right, so back in episode 251, I talk about my own unconscious biases, all right, as it has to do specifically with race. All right, so I shared with you seven cognitive biases, starting with the information bias, Negativity bias, the attentional bias or the confirmation bias, kind of uh, pretty similar there. The gambler's fallacy, uh, Parkinson's law of triviality, and self-handicapping or self-sabotage, and then racial bias and even gender bias, because gosh, I'm trying to bring more women on podcasts here as well. 
All right, so those are the seven that I wanted to share with you. Now, in conclusion, I want, I want to give you this. Right, I want you to take a few minutes to journal about this, or at the very least, think out loud about this. Not just in your head. Don't just think about it in your head. Like Think aloud, outside, out loud, because inside your head, there's just a vortex of thoughts, and you kind of go every which direction. But think about the one or two of these that affect you most. And if you don't remember those, you can go back and listen, or you can just download that action plan again, jimharshajr.com slash action. Um, but maybe it's the self-handicapping. Maybe you're doing that to yourself by not, not trying so you don't experience failure or rejection. Or maybe it's the gambler's fallacy where you believe that past events of your own are going to impact future probabilities. Like, I failed in the past, so I'm going to keep on failing. Um, maybe it's the negativity bias where you just assume the worst. Like, how are you going to override the default? Here are a couple ways to do it. Number one, diversity. Like, diverse people, races, genders, ages, professions. Bring them into your world. You can create a mastermind group. I have mastermind groups that I host. We have half a dozen of them where we have people from all kinds of walks of life, right? Build your team in your life, right? Whether it's that mastermind group, I actually talk about building your team in your life in episode 283, 283, where we talk about, you know, who do you need in your life? Who are the people in your life that you need to help you, in this case, override these cognitive biases or these weaknesses that you have, right? Another way to do this is answer these three productive pause questions, right? And, and the productive pause essentially is your tool here to hedge against cognitive biases. You're never going to overrule and override all of them. It's just not possible, but you can improve yourself, right? So here are three productive pause questions. Again, we'll have these in the action plan, but number one is what biases do I have that are holding me back? What biases do I have that are holding me back? Number two, where do they come from? Like, how did I develop this, right? Is there past experience? Uh, past failure? Was it in your upbringing? Is it in your friend group, the media? That's number two. And number three is how can I hedge against them the next time they come up? What can I do to hedge against those the next time they show up in my life? Right? Like I said, it all comes down to a productive pause. It could be, you know, that productive pause is, you know, like, I guess different versions of it. In addition to what I just shared with you is like, you know, in the morning, you know, setting some intention around your day, right? Doing you know, in the military, what they call an after-action review, right? After a mission, what worked, what didn't work, what would we do differently next time, right? Uh, I talk a lot about creating micro goals. I do this a lot with my clients and making sure not only do they have clearly defined goals, but the small micro goals that they can attack monthly so they have clarity of action, so they can be intentional as opposed to drifting back to the default, which is where your cognitive biases come into play, right? So take action on this stuff. Thank you for listening. If you got value out of this, share it with somebody. Leave a rating and review if you want to hear your name on the podcast. Regardless, those help boost the ratings and the findability of this show. So please leave a rating and a review. If you want to share this with someone, you can tell them. Just go to jimharshajr.com slash 339. This is episode 339, which is a crazy number to think that I started this 338 episodes ago. I was recording episode number one. But thank you for listening. Take action. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshajr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly 
with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.